Thank you so much for joining in to today's podcast from Caleb Perkins Ministry. We pray that today's podcast will be uplifting and encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Now here's today's podcast. Praise the Lord. How's everyone doing today? I pray that you all are doing fantastic. Uh, This week I find myself traveling. I'm uh, currently out in Columbus, Georgia. Had a change of command ceremony that was going on for uh, one of my guys that I was deployed with in the Ranger Regiment. He was uh, relinquishing command, uh, being a first sergeant and getting ready to um, put in his uh, retirement. So it was awesome to be able to to be a part of that ceremony and also to uh, be down here. My nephew's actually graduating. Uh, basic training AIT this week. So I also get to be a part of that. So being able to be back in the Columbus, Georgia area in Fort Benning area is really uh, cool and it's very honoring. Uh, So I've been sitting here in uh, the hotel room and I had some some time. So I really wanted to put together this podcast. I've been in a a mode of prayer and I pray that uh, this episode uh, encourages you and uplifts you as always. If you have any suggestions, you can always hit us up. But uh, let me just get into uh, where the leading of the Lord has been. Let's pray first. Father, we just thank you for this day that you've given us to live, breathe, and declare your word. And right now, Lord, we just ask that the scriptures uh, be revealed to us like never before. We ask the Holy Spirit to come in, and who is the master teacher, and teach us, lead us, and guide us in all things. Amen. Amen. And I've been in uh, Mark chapter 14, which is where I would like to uh, take us today and discuss a few things in Mark chapter 14. If you know anything about Caleb Perkins Ministries, uh, I really uh, I love and I'm passionate about evangelism. I am also passionate about discipleship. So I believe that, yes, we need to go out there and win souls 100%, but we also need to take those souls that are now saved and raise them up because, um, you know, we all started as babes in Christ, and it's important to get those mothers and fathers in the faith to come alongside us, to encourage us, to build us up, and to uh, steer us in the right direction. And, you know, we do that primarily through uh, biblical teaching and training. We also learn that through experience and being led by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, uh, definitely any way that we can be a part of helping someone grow and mature in Christ, we absolutely want to be a part of that. And as always, if you guys ever have any uh, comments or questions or you would like to hear something on the podcast, you can absolutely email us at info at com. You can also check out uh, the YouTube channels and Facebook channels and message us through uh, Facebook, Instagram, all this different social media websites. So anyway, so as in Mark chapter 14, I was sitting here and I was reading uh, this passage of scripture, which I've read multiple times before, and I want to highlight a few things and help us in our journey because I believe we should be able to take the, the biblical text and be able to, in some way or fashion, apply it to our lives. It really benefits us uh, nothing if all we do is can read the Bible and we can regurgitate it. Because if we don't have any form of application, what are we going to do with what we have, right? So I find that there are a lot of Christians, they can quote verses, but then when you ask them, so what do you do with that? 
they just look at you like you have a third eyeball, like you're supposed to do something with Scripture. And I'm like, yeah, we should absolutely be taking the Scriptures and learning from them and growing and maturing in our in our walk with the Lord. So here in uh, Mark chapter 14, I will be uh, starting in verse 3 and uh, going down to verse 9. So if you're taking notes, I'll be in Mark 14 verses 3 through 9. And here in the New King James Version, it says, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? So I want to stop here as we read verses three and four and kind of give some uh, some biblical context and you know what's what's been going on in, in this. So Jesus is coming into the house of Simon the leper. The disciples are with him, and this woman comes in with an alabaster flask of costly oil of spikenard, and she breaks the flask open and pours it on the head of Jesus. Okay, and it says here that in verse four. But there were some who were indignant among themselves. And this word indignant in other translations uh, could mean upset or angry or discouraged or uh, distraught or, you know, or reviled. I mean, it can it can mean a multiple. uh, There can be multiple uses for the the word that is here. And so uh, as we read it, it says, why was this fragrant oil wasted? This was the question that they were having. Now, in verse 5, it says, For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said to her, to her, uh, to, he said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good, but me you do not have always. Verse 8, she has done, the, done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Now that's in verse 9. And that's where I want to uh, end the text because afterwards it says, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray him. Which we can give a lot of uh, connotations, I guess, and, and insights into one action or one moment of time, then leading into another action and another moment of time. Obviously, when verse 10 uh, begins with, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, uh, went to the chief priest to betray him, we get the insight that one of those people who were indignant and who were upset about this transaction was in fact Judas, right? He he would have been among the 12 that saw this as, as a waste, and for whatever reason, that in indignation that was inside of him uh, caused him to go and then betray uh, Jesus to the chief priest. Now, we can make that uh, that... Uh, I guess, assumption or conclusion based off of where we read this in Scripture. However, one of the things I want to highlight in here is, one, is that this woman is bringing everything that she has, the most valuable thing that she possesses, 
And so much so that the disciples see what she is about to offer to Christ and say, we could have done other things with those resources. Okay. And she decides to give it and to offer it to the Lord and anoint him. And Jesus ends up having to come and rebuke uh, the disciples and the people that were inside of that room who were in that indignation. He came with a rebuke saying, hey, what this woman has done, this was a good act. What she has done, this, this was a prophetic act that she actually was coming beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Now, many could use this uh, portion of text and, and show that, honestly, this woman was actually operating more, being led by the Spirit, than the men who were walking with Jesus, the ones that were inside of the room. And I know that a lot of people would read the text and they would, they might, based on tradition or other things, overlook that point. But this woman has done a good work, so much of a good work for the Lord that Jesus says in verse 9, well, in verse 8, it says that what she has done, she has done beforehand to anoint my body for burial. So this is in in conjunction with the, the prophecy that Jesus has given that he is going to die and he is going to be risen again on the third day. And then in verse 9, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Now, I don't know of any other place in, in Scripture where Jesus himself is sitting there highlighting an individual saying, wherever the gospel is preached, wherever the gospel message is preached, what she has done will be told as a memorial to her, right? And we know, you know, Peter, it, when uh, the, the disciples are asked, ask or Jesus is asking the disciples, hey, who do they say that I am? And Peter says, you're the son of the living God, right? In that revelation, Jesus does not say, assuredly, Peter, I say, wherever the gospel is preached, this revelation that's been given to you will be told to you as a memorial of you. That is not said. Right, He did say through this revelation that this is what the church will be built on. But man, when you sit there and you break this verse down, there's something very significant that is happening here in this passage of Scripture. And I really want to encourage you guys to take this, uh, this passage of Scripture, read it, and dissect it, pray on it, uh, seek the Holy Spirit, and, and, and discern how you can apply this specifically to your life. Because... I want to be personally. I want to. I want it to be said that wherever the gospel's preached in the whole world, what I have done or what I have been a part of through the leading of the Holy Spirit would be a memorial of me, right? And that's not a pride thing. That's that's a a, a monument. It's to say that what you have done in your life, that it was being led by the Spirit, and in those acts, you get to see it as, as glorifying God for all of eternity, and that He receives all the glory for it, and it becomes a memorial of your life. Like at the end of your days, if you think of your life, right, and you would say, at the end of your days, what will it all add up to? What will it all matter? What will when you're there on your on the last day that you have on the earth? Are you going to sit there and be like, "Man, I wished I worked more overtime. Man, I wished I did this, that, or the other. Or I should have done that." Or is it going to be, 
man, you know, those opportunities and what you you were able to look back at and you were thinking about the legacy that you left, that you were able to sow into uh, spiritual sons and daughters, that you were able to raise up godly men and women in, in the body of Christ, that you were able to expand the kingdom. I mean, man, think about the eternal ramifications that we have, that we are connected to. And I tell this to a lot of people when uh, specifically pertaining to evangelism. And people, when you say winning souls and evangelism, instantly they're thinking Billy Graham. They want to go and, you know, give their testimony in front of hundreds and thousands of people. And chances are, it's like, hey, it may be that or it may not be that. It may be one person in the middle of Walmart or Publix or whatever, wherever, whatever chain stores in your region or area, right? And you're gonna you're gonna sit there, and in one divine moment, being led by the Spirit, you're gonna be able to speak life into that individual. And then, what? Where does that uh, interaction end up leading to? Right? I believe whenever you we get to heaven, that we will see you know, the the grand scheme of everything that was going on in our lives. We'll see how that one encounter with that one person that we never met ever again, but it was a divine moment, a prophetic moment, that we were being led by the Spirit, and then it ended up trickling through time and eternity, right? So you witnessed to one person. That one person reached five people. Those five people reached 20 people. Those 20 people, and on and on and on and on. And you see how your faithfulness and obedience to God was able to play a part in in the overall plan of what the Lord was doing, right? So this is awesome. And I want to encourage you guys that if you're listening uh, to this podcast, that you're not sitting there uh, trying to be a bystander or, or saying, well, you know, Caleb, yeah, you're a minister. So you're out there preaching the gospel and you're getting to do altar calls and stuff like that. Now, I want you to change your perspective. I want you to change your mentality. I want you to change how you view uh, these terms of being an ambassador and a minister of the gospel. If you are saved and you have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of you, you are now an ambassador of Christ. You are a representative of the kingdom of God. And you can give your testimony to those that are around you to encourage them, to build them up, to lead God and direct them. And man, I mean, think about the honor of that. What an honor it is to be a part of watching the legacy in someone's life. You know, I've had the honor as serving as a pastoral staff at the River Family Christian Center of watching uh, young teens growing up, getting married, having children, seeing their kids baptized. And I'm, I'm like, man, what an honor it was to be a part of of that family's life, to be able to encourage them, to be able to encourage that next generation, and to be a part of that legacy. And I, I believe, you know, the uh, the early church fathers, their, the early uh, apostles, Apostle Paul and Peter, I think that they, they, they love the fact of seeing, you know, spiritual sons and daughters getting on fire and walking and stepping into their callings. I know for a fact that Paul did, because you can read 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, And those letters Paul wrote from prison to encourage Timothy, a spiritual son, to not only pastor, but he tells him, go out there and do the work of the evangelist. Go out there and preach the gospel. Give your testimony out. Go and interact with people and teach others also that what I have taught you does not fall to the wayside, but that it continues to grow. 
And that is being a part of legacy. And I think a lot of people, you know, it's not like you get an aha day or an aha moment of being like, hey, this is the, you, you just were able to impart into someone and the, ha ha, there it is. There's legacy, you know, or someone gives you a, a, a certificate of achievement and be like, you have been a part of this legacy. You know, oftentimes it's in the things where you think you didn't make an impact at all, but God, through the Holy Spirit, you see it just flowing right through you being able to minister and to impact others. You know, uh, as I was able to watch the change of command ceremony of one of the guys that I served with, you know, he was telling me that I was a huge impact on uh, his leadership and on him training other rangers. And he said, what you taught me, I taught others also. And instantly I'm thinking of the scriptures of where Paul was telling Timothy, hey, stir up the gifts that's inside of you. Teach others also that they can go and teach others also. And he was, has not only just kept the that leadership style that I was able to to encourage him with in his military career, but he was able to, you know, instill that into others that as he goes and he transitions, that that legacy, that style of leadership to encourage and build up others to be better than what they are, right? And holding people accountable, building up up the standard, uh, letting them know, you know, that they are set apart. I mean, that, that, that those are the hallmark things that, uh, that we prize in the Ranger Regiment is exceeding the standards. And in um, our Christian walk, we should be like that as believers. I'm not talking legalism. I'm not saying, oh, well, you know, you failed here, brother, and you didn't do this. There's the blood of Christ for that. And that's what repentance is for. And it cracks me up when uh, people say, well, you know, repentance are, is for sinners and it's not for Christians. No, uh, a sinner doesn't think that they have anything to repent for. They believe that their life is their own and they have no no reason to ask God for forgiveness for anything. So it is for the Christian, it is for the believer, that, the, that they would walk in that level of repentance, not to stay in a cycle of sin, but that they would be transformed. They would ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to change their mind, to renew their mind, like Romans uh, 12 verse 2 says, that we would not be conformed to this world, but that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we would step into that newness that God has for us. Amen? Now, in Mark chapter 14... Uh, verses nine. I want to I want to hit back on this. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. And I want you all to be thinking. You know, in your life, you want to live a life that is worthy of the blood of Christ. And I know people will probably hear this message and you might say, well, man, he's talking perfection or righteousness or holiness. Listen, you're a new creation in Christ. The blood of Jesus has covered you. And not that you should walk immaturely, but that you would be a mature son or daughter of Christ and you would walk worthy of the blood of Christ. And I mean, that's just the standard that the early church preached in the first century. And I know that, you know, a lot of the modern day teaching and preaching just tells you, you know, do whatever you want to do. But honestly, that's a tenet of Satanism. Satanism says, do whatever you want to do. The gospel says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. 
And we cannot shy from those three truths. We need to, to deny ourselves. we need to pick up our cross, and we need to follow Him. And this woman is coming into the scene here in Mark chapter 14. She's coming into the scene, and she's breaking the alabaster flask of this costly, fragrant oil, and she's pouring it over the head of Jesus. And the men in the room, or, you know, it could have been men and ladies, we just know that there were those that were in the room, right? And and they became indignant within themselves, saying, why the waste? And I want to propose this question here in verse 4. If they valued Jesus as being priceless, then the oil would have been insignificant. Does that make sense? Like, if you value Christ as being priceless, as being the King of kings and the Lord of lords, why not place the oil on him? Is he not worthy enough to receive this oil? What is waste when it is offered to him, him being the King of kings and the Lord of lords, right? I mean, I I want us to think about that. I I believe that in this moment, the, the disciples and those that were in the room did not view Jesus in that regards. They, they put a limitation on his cost and his value. Why? Because if you viewed him as priceless, you wouldn't have thought a second of that oil being poured as being wasted because he's worthy. And if, you, if they would have had the hindsight to see what was happening, they could have grabbed a hold of what was going on in the middle of it. And this, and this is not holding uh, those disciples or the men that were in that room into condemnation, but I, I want you to learn from this portion of Scripture. There's a lot of times that God is doing something, and we get so stuck in how we, we do things or we try to work a system or uh, set in a formula, and we try to take out every point of the Spirit, and we cannot appreciate and honor the moment in which we are in. And so I really want to challenge you all that when those divine moments come, that, you know, we need to, what would it have looked like if the disciples would have stopped everything, watched it, they would have had eyes and ears to be able to see and hear what was going on. And they said, no, 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 this right here. She's anointing him for burial. And instead of judging her and having this mentality of indignation, they had a a mentality of honor. And they had that culture of honor where they were able to say, no, I want to be a part of this. Wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done and what these that have agreed and engaged in that prophetic act with him, it will be told as a memorial of them. You know, we can't we can't uh, just let one person go and, and be doing that thing. The Lord has called the entire body of Christ to come together. So I want to encourage you that if you know uh, of a brother or sister in Christ and they have a passion, they have a desire uh, to start a ministry or start an outreach or, or be involved in, in the community in some aspect or regards, you know, really pray and seek the Lord and see if, if you should come alongside them to encourage encourage them and definitely encourage them. But, you know, if, if the Lord wants you to co-labor with them, man, link arms and, 
get involved in those ministries. A lot of times, you know, people are sitting there and they're waiting for the little fat baby angel to come out of the sky and to shoot them with a little heart arrow and, and or the sky to open up and God say, Thus saith the Lord God, I on this day need you to go and give the homeless some food. Are you kidding me? Like we need to be so mature in the body of Christ. That we're being led by the Spirit, and we see the need, and we're like, we're asking Holy Spirit, do you want me to step in here? Is this my is this my call? You should, is this the work that I should walk in? And if it is, man, jump all in. Be 110% in that thing. Don't be half in and half out. And Because, listen, the enemy can throw opportunities in your way as well. This is why you got to be led by the Spirit. I tell people, I'm like, just because you're good at changing a flat tire doesn't mean you should stop and change every flat tire. That could be somebody else's assignment. So it's very important for us to be led by the Spirit and understand what are where are the divine appointments that God wants us to walk into. And when we see those divine appointments, we go in. We're all in, man. There's no deterring us. We have fixed our face like flint, and we are moving towards that objective. And I want you to think very much like, you know, that ranger mentality, kind of like, man, you know what, though I be the lone survivor, if nobody else, that's what this woman did. Nobody else was with her on this. She was all alone. She was the lone survivor engaging in this prophetic act and anointing the body of Jesus in front of a of a room full of people who were indignant and they were angry at her and they saw what she was doing as complete waste and they could not honor it but she was still there in the middle of it doing it and Jesus has to rebuke them in the middle of this and it really explain to them what is going on and so I want to encourage you this day that when you find yourself in those moments and those situations where there's an opportunity to walk in ministry. Don't sit there and disqualify yourself because you're saying, man, I haven't gone through seminary. I haven't read the Bible front to back. I, I can't I can't remember all of the Psalms and the Proverbs by memorization. I'm telling you, there's a day coming, and the day is now, that we need the body of Christ, all hands on deck, going and putting uh, the effort towards the plow. We need to go out there and we need to be the harvesters in the field. We need to go out there and and be ready to receive these sons and daughters because there is a lot of broken people out there right now and they are not looking towards the traditional church. They are looking for authentic sons and daughters of God to come into the situation and be agents of change. You are an ambassador of Jesus. You are called to bring change into a region. So pray and seek the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord, where where are those opportunities for me to be an agent of transformation? What missions are you wanting me to go on, Lord? I'm telling you, man, I, I, I talk to people about being a Christian, and I'm like, man, listen, this is the most exciting adventure that you can go on. And, and they look at me like I'm crazy because they're like, man, you've jumped out of planes, you've been shot at and blown up and had all these different things, and you're like, this is an exciting adventure? I'm like, man, there is nothing like it. Being led by the Spirit, you don't know what you're going to do from one moment to the next moment. That's what's it. It, it is entirely uh, Spirit-led and spontaneous. And and what we need to do is we need to have a a heart inside of us that says, you know what? I'm all in, Lord. 
whatever it looks like. If you want to use me at this gas station, use me. If you want to use me in the middle of this grocery store, then use me. Lord, if you're wanting to use me at my workplace and there's an opportunity for me to be able to serve and be a witness, be a light there, then Lord, so be it. You know, and when we have that mentality, the Lord sits there and he looks at it and he says, you know what? Wherever the gospel's preached in the whole world, this, this, what has been done will be told as a memorial of them. That they were not ashamed or afraid of the gospel in their workplace. And when given a moment to be able to witness or to give their story or their testimony, they were able to be led by the Spirit. Now that's important, man. Because you can go and get on a soapbox and start screaming the Bible at people and telling them they're going to burn in hell. But I'm telling you, you're going to see people come to the Lord because there are those witnesses, those sons and daughters who have a testimony and they give their testimony. Because no one can take your testimony from you and there is power in your testimony, right? Revelation 12:11 and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they love not their life even unto death. And so I want to encourage you today that when you get the opportunity to give your testimony, you are not beating someone with a Bible, you are giving them your story. You are letting them know how the Lord came into your life, how your life has been changed, and how He's no respecter of persons, and He will do the same thing in their life. All they need to do is accept that free gift of salvation and walk into it, have that personal relationship with a living God. Amen? Amen. I pray that this uh, episode has encouraged you. I'm going to go ahead and pray right now for divine appointments. So if you will, just stay on the line here. So Father, right now, we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you. You are worthy. You are holy. You are precious. Lord, right now, I, I just thank you, Lord, that as the people listening, as they're reading Mark chapter 14, uh, three through nine, Lord, that you just begin to open their eyes and their ears and their spirits, that they would be able to read and understand how to apply the scriptures to their life. That, Lord, that they will offer and give you the offering of their life, and they will pour it out and give it to you, Lord, and that it is not seen as a waste. It is not seen as something uh, for others to be indignant of, but, Lord, that it be a prophetic act that that this pouring out, this offering, Lord, that you would take our lives and that you would you would use it and that it would be molded in your hand for whatever level of ministry you want to do with it, Lord. If it be speaking in front of hundreds of thousands of people or if it be one person at the job site, Lord, I thank you that those that are listening uh, to this message, that you go with them, that you you embolden them, that the Holy Spirit brings that transformation in and gives them that courage and that power to be able to give their testimony with that, with that power of the Holy Spirit. We just thank you, we praise you, and we honor you. And we look forward to those divine appointments. How exciting to be called your sons and your daughters this day, Lord. We just praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining in today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Caleb Perkins Ministries, please go to www.calebperkinsministries.com.